All right, we are back. It is the trading triangle, so you know it is time to get the charts in action. Take a look at things for the upcoming trading week. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the live stream on YouTube and the live stream on X. Sean, how are you doing today? Doing really well. Really looking forward to this week ahead. Lots going on. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll just dissect it in this uh, live stream. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kay, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking, Nate. It's going to be an exciting week coming up. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of action. And of course, I'm your host, Nate. We are going to get into the charts before we do. Quick disclaimer up front. Remember, this is not financial advice, purely entertainment and educational value only. We're just three guys that enjoy trading. We're not financial advisors. So I want to put that out there as a disclaimer first and foremost. But we do appreciate everybody tuning in, subscribing to the channel. Hit that subscribe button, smash the like button, and uh, appreciate everybody again tuning in on X, where we live stream on Wolf Financial and on my account as well at Trader Nate here. So good stuff, guys. I am ready to get rolling. Should we jump into it? Let's do this. All right, let's do it. Let's take a look at some charts. First up, our market overview from last week, and a lot of green here. Even I can tell that. We'll jump <laughs> off the page for you, Kay. Tesla. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's it. That's the one, huh? That's the one. That's the one. Well, that was not. That was not green. <laughs> definitely not. That was no. rough. And uh, earnings definitely. Um, you know, they paid the price after the earnings call. What about you? Uh, thinking about the same thing, Sean? I know we've got Tesla in our charts this week. Yes, we do indeed. Um, but for, for me, it was actually Google that um, jumped off the chase because of my active trade in it. So that was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, Tesla is obviously the, the main one you can see on this page. Very, very red. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me, I agree with you. Google was, was definitely interesting. Berkshire, look at Berkshire out there making new highs. So I thought that was pretty interesting to pay attention to. So uh, we got a big week of earnings coming up. We'll definitely get into all of that. Let's take a look at the fear and greed index first, though. Got the put to call ratio at 0.75 and our VIX with a 13 handle, basically 13 and a quarter. And uh, kind of mixed. I was surprised to see these numbers for last week, Kay, um, with you know, SPY up half a percent, but Q's basically flat. Small caps, you know, up half percent. That was good to see. Um, and now we are firmly in extreme greed. Exactly. What are your thoughts there? It's you know, that's just, that's how earning seasons are generally, right? Especially when, you know, you had a decent earning from Netflix, right? I mean, they did a pretty good job in increasing subscribers. Of course, Tesla was a surprise, but I guess analysts were expecting and we kind of expect this kind of a drop in Tesla, you know, or the either a gap up or a gap down. This is pretty normal for Tesla, it's such a volatile stock in that respect. Um, but I guess the, the big, the big ones are coming up next week, which we'll touch upon a little bit later. But I, I think this is this is the time that you gotta be more cautious, especially when it's extreme greed. Sean, you feeling the same way? Yeah, I mean, definitely cautious. I've got a little bit of a, um, a thing on my live stream on Friday where I was thinking maybe we come down and retest certain levels. So there's a little bit of trepidation in the markets, that's for sure. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah. yeah, still good. Still, still, still feeling pretty good generally. I think. So interesting, you know, I think I was the only one of the three of us that for the year thought that, you know, overall markets might pull back a little bit and was less bullish. And as the year progresses, I know we're like, you know, basically one month in, um, but I'm getting more bullish long, you know, for the year. That said, I think that we'll, we'll get into the charts here and we'll see it. 
a little bit more detail, but uh, I think that we might be ready for a bit of a pause, another pullback. Um, at least that's what the charts are telling me. So we'll take a look at that. And the extreme greed, that's where we would be when we would get that pullback. That makes sense to me. Um, so we might be right there, and big earnings week will definitely push us one way or another. So look at that. I mean, we could spend an hour on this chart alone, I think. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So our big name last week was Tesla. And this week, you could argue what the big name is. I mean, we kick off with SoFi on Monday. Obviously, not the biggest name of the week, but a lot of attention there. And so we got charts on that, uh, or a chart on that. we got the big names, Microsoft, Meta. we got I mean, Alphabet, AMD. Alphabet. You know, like, yeah. GM is not a big name, but still, you know, a lot of folks track that Boeing, you know, uh, with the latest controversy with Boeing. You I think Qual- Boeing's super interesting. Actually. Yeah, exactly. You have Qualcomm uh, on Wednesday, and then the the three the three big ones: Apple, Amazon, Meta. I mean, they they just dwarf pretty much. I mean, between Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple, Amazon, Meta, they pretty much dwarf the entire week. And then you have Exxon Mobil and Chevron at the end. Sean, you mentioned you're going to be watching Alphabet, you know, aka Google. Yeah, no, like you said, there's so many to watch. It's going to be a very interesting week. Um, Alphabet, yeah, just to see the continuation of the, the um, growth of the company. But yeah, same for everyone, really, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, you know, there's going to be a ton of attention on all these tech names. And mm. we've got energy, big energy names. you got Marathon on Tuesday before Friday, you get Exxon and chevron right and energy is a sector that's bounced off of its lows and trying to make a move higher and oils held you know in that 70 75 ranges i think was around the lows and moving higher i think it's you know price of oil continues to push towards 80 so you you definitely have an interesting setup ahead of earnings for the energy sector and that's like totally lost in the in the mix here because of these other big names that we're clearly focused on and for good reason right so it's going to be a good week. Uh, let's see here. So let's get into the charts. We've got SPY right up front. This is a f- the four-hour candle, so I wanted to call that out. Um, the four-hour, because it ha- it created this nice little pattern that is a little bit easier to see versus if you're trying to look at it on the daily. Um, and this, this kind of rising wedge pattern is going to break one way or another. And typically, I think you'll see these break to the downside. That doesn't mean we're going to get massive selling. But I wouldn't be surprised if we got a pullback to this 482.72 level on SPY. Um, and that's kind of what I'm calling out here. If we did get a bigger drawback, you could get all the way down to that 476.46, you know, 476.50, call it. And that would be, you know, pretty strong support, I would think, given how much resistance we had there before breaking out. That would be quite the drawback, drawdown, but, you know, not crazy, I don't think. Um, Sean, what do you see on this chart that I'm missing? Yeah, I mean, like you said, with the drawdown, it's kind of depending on earnings as well, isn't it? Because lots of bigger um, companies of the higher percentage of the SPY, of course, if they all come in that negative, um, obviously that was sudden SPY tumbling, I would say. So at least that 476 level. But of course, I, I would say they're probably not all going to, you know, miss EPS um, earnings, etc. Um, but yeah, I think that I like a little kind of channel. I like it. I think. I don't know, really, it's, it's, it's generally trending up, isn't it? So it's near it the is. end of the world. Um, and you're kind of, is that the 20 moving average you've got there? That's the nine. I meant to call that oh, out. Okay. Thanks for asking. Yes. It is or, quite you know what? Did I, yeah, I so. this? No, this is the nine. Yeah, that's the nine. Okay. Sorry. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, either way, isn't it at the end of the day? So you've got five of the big tech names kind of reporting. We're just going to see what happens. Um, but overall, the trend is nice. Um, obviously, the trend is your friend at the end of the day. Yeah, you got a little bit of a curl over on the RSI, right? Relative strength at the bottom of the chart there. Um, and that nine is holding. And, the, and I'm, I'm glad you pointed out because if you can look, you look back in the chart, anytime candles kind of got underneath it and then respected it a little bit, they rolled over, right? So that's something to watch if we got just below the nine here, but you'd want to see it actually respect that and reject against it. And then you might see this continue to roll over and that would coincide with breaking this rising wedge. So that's what I'm really watching for here to the downside. If that doesn't happen and we stay above that nine, I mean, it looks like more upside. Kay, what would you add here? So I am taking a look at the weekly for SPY and it just seems like, I mean, there was a little wick, but seems like a little bit of a gap up on the weekly if you don't consider the wick to be covering that. But in any case, you know, it's really detached from your the moving averages. It's just take, took a vertical, uh, you know, takeoff uh, on the weekly. The RSI is, I think, 71.43, so a little bit overbought. And I, I can see why that's the case. We have a put-to-call ratio of 2.69 on expiration February 2nd for SPY. So you have about 719,000 put options expiring versus only 267,000 call options. So right, there you have it. I mean, it's going to be another make or break kind of feeling this week, I think, heading into the week. And, uh, you know, again, a little bit of a pullback would be healthy here. Yeah. And I think you, you'll probably see as we, I guess we are touching a lot of stocks that are reporting earnings this week. And I think you can see the sentiments because they, some of them are going to drive the market, especially SPY and QQQ. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And speaking of QQQ and weekly candles, that's what we got next. And uh, these, you know, again, flipping from the four hour to the weekly, there's reason for this, right? It's just what we see in the charts. And on the weekly here, I've got arrows pointing to these large upper wicks. I think Sean referred to them as topping wicks. And that's because they tend to come at the top of these reversals, you know? And uh, notice here, we've got pretty consistent pattern where you get those uh, long upper wicks and then some selling follows and it's not like it, you know, again, this does not mean there's massive crash or selling like that. It's just a bit of a pullback might be in order and we got one last week. And so if we get, you know, February, a bit of selling, I think I heard the last two weeks of February are, are seasonally generally pretty tough. Um, that would make some sense. And maybe we get a pullback towards, you know, 400 again for the queues. Does that make sense to you, Sean? It does, yeah. And I like the annotations you've drawn on the chart. I think they, they tell a story. Um, most definitely, just taking a breather, like you say, just a normal correction. Especially with this one on a weekly, it's a bit more of a, a longer perspective, of course. That goes back down to kind of middle of 21, uh, 2021. But yeah, I think coming back down to this moving average, I mean, if you saw this on a five minute, right. would you place a short? Or would you hmm. just kind of leave it? So for me personally, I would probably just leave it. Let it That's travel sideways for a bit and then pull back to the moving average naturally. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting perspective to have to kind of imagine it if it was a different time frame. Bit of a strange perspective, perhaps. Um, but I guess I'm quite a strange human being. But yeah, coming back down to that 400 level psychologically would be pretty good too, um, generally. But yeah, topping candles, uh, I like what you've drawn. 
I won't argue with that comment about the strange human being, but I will say I totally think that what you're talking about with the time frames, it applies. I mean, you should be able to look at any chart and not, you know, regardless of the time frame and exactly. be able to make decisions, right? And uh, that's a really good point. Like I'm calling out that there might be a chance that we reverse here, but there's not enough uh, information to be like, oh yeah, this is absolutely a reversal point. We would want to see some selling begin next week to really think, okay, maybe there's a downside momentum play here. Um, but even then, we're above this moving average, by the way, the 13. And there's a reason for that. Um, <laughs> so um, you've got four, four, and five, right, as far as weeks go, every three months. And so the quarterly, there there you go, you got 13 weeks. So uh, oh, it's just a, another little adjustment. Really, you could look at it with, like, I had the nine on here. It's very similar. And the same kind of thought process, once you – you see the rollover and a little bit of respect there. We could get some selling, but it's been respecting this uh, moving average and the queues continue to power higher and make new highs. So yeah, I, I, again, I'm bullish longer term and this week will be massively impactful to the queues. Absolutely. What, what else, Kay? What did we miss on the queues? Same, same stuff. Uh, 1.73 put to call expiration two, two. I think that's just, tells you that little you know candle little uh, the wick on both sides it's market is undecisive and next week uh, you'll get that decision which side it moves okay this is your wheelhouse the big tech names right like this is uh, if i if i'm going to anybody to talk about big tech i'm going to you and what, what do you think this week are you are you feeling optimistic or do you feel like i think you said you're a little bit you know yeah so i the, the reason maybe? Yeah, I'm very cautious. The reason is that uh, there are a couple of things that are happening for big tech names like your Apple, Amazon, uh, Meta, uh, and your, um, what's the fourth one? I forget, Alphabet. I think Microsoft is in a much, much more, Microsoft and Amazon, I would say, are in a much better shape, I would say, you know, mm -hmm. from an earning standpoint and just the, the content they have behind it. Uh, AMD, and if you think about the semiconductor space, um, in the... S&P 500, you have energy sector. The entire energy sector is 3% of the S&P 500. Right. NVIDIA by itself is over 3%. So semiconductor. And on top of it, AMD is making all-time high. So I think when everything is making all-time high, you have extreme greed. I think that's when you know I tend to especially just pause and see what's going on before jumping in and buying and having a FOMO because once you get a pullback of let's say 10%, like you get a correction of 10%, there you go. Now you're stuck at, you know, at a higher price point. What do you do? You just wait until the price comes back there. So you're saying maybe wait until after earnings and see what happens. And I think you, that's a perfect segue. Yeah, exactly. Go for it. <laughs> I think it's a perfect segue to this chart we got, right? There you go, Sean. Tesla last week. I'm going to hand it over to you, sir, and break it down for us. Yeah, so obviously the earning was um, double miss, of course. Um, we, we've all seen it. We've all seen the reaction, of course, and you can see the reaction in the stock price. Big gap down on Thursday, as you would expect, and then a little bit of a flat day on Friday. has showed signs of a little bit of recovery, but obviously you're not going to expect a big bounce back straight away. Um, so what I can see here is a few things on the chart, of course, obviously a few yellow dots. We'll start with the bottom ones, which is the RSI. We are down at 17 on the RSI, which is a very low point. Now, of course, the RSI can stay down here for quite some time, but maybe not necessarily 17. You've got to kind of 20, 25. 
Um, but this could last for kind of up to two weeks, I would say. But generally, um, it's still generally a good time to buy, especially if you're buying long term. But the reason I'm kind of trepidatious about this is this is my favorite word at the moment. I'm not entirely nice. sure if it's a full word, um, but you can see that 164 level, which is next next to nine. Um, actually, I probably should have started with the Fibonacci that I drew, which is the kind of yellow lines throughout the chart. Um, and I've done a 40%, 50%, and a 60% of Fibonacci. So it's kind of how I draw them. A little bit different to other people, I guess, just to make it simpler for me to understand where those levels might be. And you can see, obviously, the current stock price around that kind of 40% line, which is obviously 180. But I think once we break that, or if we break that, of course, if we get down to 164, that would be my kind of, okay, I'll think about buying. Um, or at least starting position from a trade point of view, of course, long-term position, just kind of DCAing as kind of the general strategy. Um, but going out to that 164 would be kind of my, my initial thoughts of starting a swing trade for this one. Um, and then you can see the blue highlights this section, which is the last one I want to talk about. Didn't actually know what price that was, but that's a gap fill all the way back from the beginning of 2023, um, which we didn't quite fill in May. You see that kind of low point with right. all those yellow dots? Didn't quite fill it. Um, I'm not saying obviously all gap fills should be filled, but it's, it's there. You know, it's there to kind of be looked at. Um, so that blue line, we're probably looking at around about 145-ish, 150. Um, mm. Actually, I've got it here on my chart now, which is, yeah, so 147. Um, so that would be kind of my uh, add again, should we say, for the same trade and hopefully, you know, get, get a little bit of a bounce, a little bit of a kind of resurrection for Tesla. Um, I'm going to stop talking now. It's been a couple of minutes, I think, but that's kind of what I see on the chart. Um I didn't even touch volume profile, but I'll let you do that, Nate. <laughs> oh, good, because that's where I was going. I like the volume profile alignment at 164. I'd be curious what options uh, action looks like around these levels. You know, I'm not sure, Kay, if you're pulling that up. Yeah. But, yeah, beautiful, because, yeah, 164, look at those touch points and good volume. Um, and then also great volume right here where we got the support um, mm. last week. And I have not bought in yet i am really close though like really close so yeah london's out there calling tesla 160 i don't disagree you know i do not disagree so um if you nibble here i don't argue that either because mm. we could find you know how tesla is you get sell-offs and people like myself are just waiting to buy in and so you get a little bit of support but yeah i, I don't disagree the demand comes in down there, the 160, 164 level. So I like to I like to see that here. Kay, what would you add? Um, so I'm looking at it a little bit differently. Uh, if you actually draw a trend channel from the top of that, uh, the high that you have yeah. there, and then you actually draw a trend channel. So the Tesla stock price is a very close to that downtrend line, right? Downtrend channel, right? So I think that would be the first take on whether it can bounce off and stays in that trend channel or does it break down? Yeah, I mean, if it breaks down, then what you're looking at the 164, that's where majority of the action is happening. Um, you know, last week or the week before we talked about Tesla as well. And you asked me, hey, when when do you actually start investing? So I start nibbling around the 200. I also nibble at 180. I will nibble more at 160. So for me, I will be buying at different levels because you really cannot catch the bottom and you cannot always sell at the top. So that's the lesson we all have learned in different ways. And that's what I'm following. So I'm never going to wait for the absolute bottom. I will continue to add to my DCA to my position. And um, because once it starts ripping up it again, you will miss that boat. Like we have missed on Tesla so many times. Yeah. Look yeah, at right, this. Just, yeah. 
Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. As I say, obviously, you're right. Obviously, no one knows where the bottom is, but the best you can do is obviously do your research and kind of DCA to your kind of level. You're, you know. Well, look when it hit 100, right? On the far left of this chart, it just ripped. Ramp. I mean, it took no time to get back to 200, like a month, right? And then after retesting this 164, when it decided to take off, it wasted no time again all the way to 260. So, I mean, I, you, yeah. you need just one comment from Elon Musk. Hey, I will be putting all my energy into AI and Tesla. And then next day, Dan Ives will come on CNBC and he'll say, oh, I'm going to change my short-term position and I'm going to be buying Tesla. And there you go. Everybody gets on board. Nice. Yep. I'm not, I'm, I'm with you. And looks like we got some shorts out in the audience and making some money. So love to see everybody, you know, anytime anybody's making money, great to see the trades. So we got London taking this down to 160 thinks, and we'll see what happens. And this could be a dead cat bouncer. It could be uh, where we, we find some buyers and another move higher. That would be holding a higher low, by the way. So just note that. All right, Sean, hand it back to you. Sorry about that. What's our next charge? So the next chart is a bit of a similar sort of thing in terms of scaling into positions. So we mentioned it obviously through Tesla, they're kind of scaling in from different points of uh, different points of contact, supports, whatever you want to call it, um, on the way down. This one's a little bit of different. Um, so you can see it's Rocket Lab for, for starters. I don't know if I actually said that on the daily chart. And we can see it's kind of hovering on this 50 moving average, which is the pink line that's kind of flowing through the chart. And it's the one that's got all the yellow dots on it as well. Um, that I put all the yellow dots there to obviously see the respect it has towards that line. And my thoughts are basically, are we going to see that again in the coming days? Are we going to see that kind of respect? Are we going to see a little bit of a bounce? Um, but also I want to add here, if we don't, and we break that kind of 50 moving average, we also have this trend line that's kind of flowing up as well. Um, kind of, You can see it when it started at kind of middle of October last year. And um, so, yeah, a couple of points of not confluence, but two points of kind of contact. So what I would probably do and what I probably will look to do in the next coming days, if not tomorrow, of course, is start a position here. And then if it comes down to this kind of trend line, I would add to that position, obviously bring down the average. And then my swing trade would then be kind of fully in motion. Um, so I've scaled in and I'm basically just kind of sitting on my hands and wait for it to kind of go up um, and make money, of course. Or if it comes down and hits my stop loss, that's trading at the end of the day. Um, so I've got here as well two red lines, and that's kind of two possible stop losses. So if you wanted to kind of take a high risk trade and go in it now, obviously you've got the higher stop loss of 460, which represents, I think, about 5%. I think off my head, just looking at it, yeah, it must, yeah, it must be about that. Um, so yeah, and then obviously the one down below is representative of if you entered at the trend line, which is the, the, the white line obviously coming through the screen there. Um, which is a bit of a bigger stop loss, but I believe to, if it to be to kind of be a bit safer, obviously down below all of the uh, volume profiles and obviously the most recent low in December. Um, and then just finally on this one, we've got a nice little bit of um, kind of stability with the RSI, which is nice to see. And my target would be 545, which you can see a big bit of volume coming in there. Um, but that's it for me on, on Rocket Lab. What else do you guys see? Okay, is this one on your radar? No, what does this go? I don't even know this sticker. What does this? What do they R do? RKLB. They they launch rockets into space. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say you could probably guess that, but I mean, you never know these days with these num with these names. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, they're a rocket launching company. <laughs> I'm not into that uh, space actually. So uh, not familiar with this one, Kay? <laughs> nope. nope. 
I like the chart. I like the way this is uh, building some momentum here. And uh, if we do hold at this uh, moving average that you mentioned, Sean, it would be a, a kind of increasing momentum, right? And uh, I would definitely that would definitely catch my interest at this point. So I think it's a like kind of like what we were saying before, a great spot to be watching and, and seeing how it reacts. And if we get a good reaction this week, then yeah, we could definitely uh, see some more upside because that, that would show some added support, higher lows, and then maybe targeting higher highs, which is, you know, there's some room to run if they were getting to higher highs there. I, mean, I would say is this, this stock is very high risk. So I should probably should have started with that at the beginning. Um, it is a, basically a penny stock. It's under that $5 mark. Um, so there is a massive risk to this stock. So just be careful if you do <laughs> decide to trade this, um, if you are out there. And, and yeah. there's, a, there's a buy rating from Wall Street on this one, but not many analysts cover this. Only like seven, no, nine, nine analysts cover this. That's pretty much it. So this is a, yeah, this could be a great trade is, is basically how it works, but there is risk. So you want to make sure you're managing your risk level, right? That's what you're saying. Um, but any, any stock that's under $10 has a, you know, the potential on based on news to really make a move. So uh, I'm going to add this one to my watch list. I have not had Rocket Lab there. I, you know, yes. another. <laughs> <laughs> Got another one added. It's, tough. <laughs> it's, it's a good price point to trade actually it's not a exactly yeah, yeah no this is yeah, definitely interesting and um you know like i said building some momentum here awesome right, so yeah. where can we find yeah, you? so obviously you can follow me on x i'm posting a little bit more now charts and kind of daily insights around trading my mentality behind it as well and also obviously my fun kind of posts as well <laughs> throughout that throughout yeah, whatever. Uh, but then on YouTube, so something new on YouTube that I do now is I go live every Friday before the market close. Now, I understand you guys over there obviously are very busy at these times, 5 p.m., 2 p.m., I think it is, respectively. And um, But, yeah, I mean, it's more of a kind of post-watching, so go ahead and check that out. Or obviously join me on the live stream live. Um, obviously drop a comment and say hi. But uh, that's it. That's it for me. I'll hand you over to Nate. I love it, man. I didn't know you were doing the live stream on Fridays. I'll check that out because, like you said, always yep. busy. But great to have something to listen and watch, you know, because I'm, you know, yeah. I'm in what I'm doing. Definitely. <laughs> At least on the sidelines, you know, you can just keep it on and listen to what Sean is saying. I'm digging <laughs> it. All right, good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for the charts and the info this week. And Rocket Lab, that's a new one. Really curious to see what happens with Tesla there. All right, so speaking of stocks under $10, I've got SoFi up this week. And there's a whole bunch of lines on here. It looks super messy, but bear with me because they all point to one spot. That's where that big orange yellowish arrow is pointing and that kind of caught me by surprise so you would think by looking at this that you know this chart that all these lines you may start on the right hand side and draw spreading out to the left but in fact they're all converging so we've got the 20 day moving average the 50 day moving average and then i've got anchored um view up points from prior earnings and prior highs as well as the the recent low and all of them converge to basically, you know, 825, call it. I mean, it's there's a range in there. But 825 is pretty pretty close. And I've got 811 as, um, you know, resistance with some a bit of a volume shelf uh, kicking out right there. So I thought that was pretty interesting to note. Huge resistance at, at SoFi here um, at this level. And so if we do get a pop on earnings, I would like to see it get above all of these anchored VWAPs from all these 
different points in time. Um, that's really what I want to know. RSI is kind of weak, so it, there's going to take quite a bit to get above that level. Otherwise, I think we would we, reject again, and 740 be what I'd be testing. And if it doesn't hold up, you know, the lows are back near 650. What do you guys think about this one? Okay, you, you, you like SoFi for the long term, right? Yeah, I like for the long term. And uh, if you look at the, if you had the 200-day moving average, uh, it did get rejected the last two trading days. So that has become like a resistance at least. And I think we probably are waiting for the earnings report. And I guess that will give us the signal whether, you know, we'll see an upside or a downside on this one. But I do feel that uh, with the expectations of being, um, you know, positive EPS, uh, we could see a big pop on Monday on SoFi. And they're before the market open, right? Which is super eight, 8 o'clock, the report earnings. Yeah, I think the report earnings 7.30 and 8 o'clock is the uh, the conference call. So you're getting right into the market open with the commentary almost being completed. And, you know, analysts will be analyzing the commentary. And so Monday is going to be a very, very busy day, especially for SoFi and SoFi investors. Nice. Yeah, I think yeah. the important thing for this is if it pops, it needs to hold uh, the momentum. Because we've seen it a few times, especially in the last kind of you know, 24 months or so. And it pops up on earnings and it, it loses it within a few days. So you mentioned this point here of all this kind of confidence coming around this kind of um, 11 level-ish. Um, the important thing is to kind of hold that um, moving forward, especially if you're investing like K for the long term. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. And I just want to add one more thing. So for anyone that is listening or, you know, going to watch this one, if you have like options, open call options on SoFi and market opens and you are in green, don't try to hold off, you know, try to, you know, get the profits out uh, because otherwise, you know, you could see that during the day as, you know, analysts finish the analysis and they start to digest the information, then, you know, you could see a big sell off if you get a major pop right at the earnings at the market open. Yeah, and I didn't know implied and volatility here, but you expect expect oh, some of that God. to come you, off. You right? want to hear it on two two implied volatility is one hundred seventy nine percent. Yeah, there you go. So you've got you know a huge de what, what am I trying to say decompression there um, potentially right right after because everybody's waiting on earnings. You get the information, volatility comes off. So I agree, take profits um, early if you're if you'd like to leave runners if you're in options. I'm always for leaving a runner or two, but um, by and large, you don't want to leave profits on the table for them to be snatched out. You can just look at this chart and see how quickly things can reverse. So good points there, guys. Appreciate that very much. I just thought it was really interesting to see all of these lines come to basically a single point here and just creating like a massive ceiling. So it's going to be a big bang, right? Yeah, breakthrough could be massive too. So we'll see how it goes. Got, got earnings Monday. We won't have to wait too long. And then I got ExxonMobil on the other end of uh, the week, right? Closing out the week. So I'll let you guys cover all the big names in the middle. But uh, ExxonMobil, I uh, it really have been watching energy. I'm actually trading Occidental and Venom, uh, V-N-O-M, which is Viper Energy, um, and doing well in both of those trades. Um, but I noticed here the anchored uh, VWAP again providing some resistance. And actually, I've re Repop that to last earnings and uh, posted that this morning as well. And it's similar, you know, line comes in a similar spot. And we're actually breaking above that anchor view up line uh, most recently. So the point here being, you know, if we can get above this volume weighted average price, 
on earnings or ahead of earnings and then hold it, it could be a signal to, you know, take an entry for a long and more upside in energy sector. And, you know, ExxonMobil leads the space, leads the space, obviously, like huge weighting in XLE. Um, K, this is another one. I feel like I'm stealing K's ticket. No, no, go for it. Go for what are your thoughts on ExxonMobil, K? I, I think uh, we did see a, couple, a lot of consolidation for four days of trading around the 95 level. And I think that was the the springboard for the stock to you know break through the ninety nine, which was our initial uh, res, you know support level, and it break through, and then you went to ninety five. Um, I am actually in the trade for Exxon, uh, Oxy, and SLB. If you remember SLB from long right. time back, I'm still in that trade. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I I think from Exxon Mobil, I think energy has been down for a while now. So I think with the prices coming up and the stock getting a little bit of a boost with earnings coming up. Most likely, they're going to report goods earning, good earnings, right? You have Chevron as well reporting the same day, so I think you might start seeing energy coming back, uh, you know, starting next week. I mean, the following week. Yeah, I like it. These companies are printing money with oil at the levels that it's at. It's can if it can st- sustain here. Uh, what do you think, Sean? Any thoughts on Exxon Mobil? No, not really. I mean, we spoke about it before a couple of months ago with the kind of. Anticipation of breaking that kind of trend, but you can kind of see it come back and, up and reclaim that. And be nice to see if uh, maybe next week, okay, you could bring up Exxon Mobil, especially after the earnings, and see what the reaction yep. is, just to kind of see that progression in the chart. That'd be great to see. Um, but yeah, I like the levels that you've got here, and I, I specifically like 104. You can see that kind of breakout trade opportunity there. Uh, for in my eyes are kind of turning into hearts, you know, that kind of emoji. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, nice chart. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm going to highlight this area here, if you can see my arrow, I think is right around where you called, ah, I think we're going to go short ExxonMobil, and you were spot on. It's either mm-hmm. there or it was one of these two wicks, but you nailed it. And yeah, it Sean, Sean nailed ExxonMobil, and that was, I think, uh, uh, before we went on the holiday. Okay, so it was back here. Yeah, right. yeah. He, he, Sean nailed it. We had the 99 as the support level. We had the trend channel. It broke through the trend. I said, hopefully, we'll be able to support the 99. It broke through that. So, you know, we got to, Sean does a very good job in reading. You got to pay attention. You got to pay attention to what the man is saying. So, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing some uh, some more earnings, not just in big tech, but also in energy. Just want to call out ExxonMobil this week. And um, we are getting some requests out there Neo, Baba, and Enphase, all names we've covered. So, you guys have any thoughts we'll get to that towards the end of this uh space here or space yep. this podcast here and uh yeah those are good and interesting names for me the names out of china are super risky right now but at the same time that might be a good point for an opportunity to get in so interesting stuff there if you want to hear more from me i am on x often trying to share my trade ideas and thoughts on the markets so be sure to give me a follow at trader nate here also writing for uh, my own newsletter at uh, Traders Education on Substack, but also for Wolf at Wolf Financial every Sunday. Just posted another uh, edition this week and actually covered some anchored view up. I believe that was this week. So uh, doing a lot of writing and enjoying it. So be sure to check it all out. And I'm going to hand it over to Kay next because he's got Apple and I am super curious. 
about Apple this week. What, what are your thoughts, Kay? Awesome. Thanks, Nate. Um, yeah, so I got Apple and Amazon this week. They both report earnings on Thursday. Um, Apple, as we know, I think, I'm not sure, Microsoft is also, I think, at the same level. I, I, I mean, they're neck to neck in the market cap standpoint, so I don't have the latest one who is larger, but they both report earnings Tuesday and Thursday, respectively, Microsoft and Apple. So it, Apple is at a very, you know, interesting place. And the reason I, before, you know, Apple is the largest holding in my portfolio. So, of course, I don't want Apple to go down or crash or, you know, burn uh, like many others, because this is also in pretty much every ETF for uh, mutual funds, for institutional investors, pretty much the largest holding in most people's portfolio, whether you have it directly or indirectly. So, interestingly, the consensus price target on Apple, you know, if you do a, a consensus, it's about $200 or so. And we are only three and a half or closer to 4%, you know, away from that all time high. So the stock has been pretty much, you know, trending at that level for a while now. Now, generally, the implied move is about $8 or so. So you could pretty much hit the all time high of $200 in no time uh, post earnings. So that is generally the, the setup that we see. Now, uh, you may have not seen this news if you don't follow Apple closely, but there are two main you know, back issues that are happening with Apple. And that is throwing water on this whole situation. So one is that Apple is now slow, going to allow developers to use additional payment methods. That is going to impact, that could impact their uh, potential revenue from services, which is that what they charge 30%. And I think now they decided to d- decrease that to 27%. Uh, I forget the split. I think it's 12% for small developers and 15 um, and 30, 27% for the large developers. That's the first issue, which most people probably would know. The second would actually impact Google because seems like that Google is getting pressure of getting into a lawsuit with antitrust that um, how Google pays Apple about 15, 14, $15 billion a year to use Google as the default uh, search engine. Couple billion. Couple billion, yeah. So they are getting into this lawsuit uh, or a lawsuit that is coming up is that this is killing competition and you know uh, Google should not be paying money to other, uh, you know, big tech so that the competition remains as is. Now, if that lawsuit happens, you know, you would see some kind of an impact on both Google and Apple because, again, that's a revenue that Apple gets from Google. Uh, That's a pretty decent chunk of money for the year. And then, of course, you know, looking at your four straight quarters of revenue decline, um, you know, you always have Apple bears that there is no new innovation. (laughs) You got a Vision Pro. uh, You got some negative news that, uh, Netflix and YouTube and those apps are not coming on that. So there's a, just a lot of news around Apple and Apple is the one of the most watched tickers across the board. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be touching Apple at this level. First of all, even if I'm trading, I would just let the earnings play out and see how it plays out. And also, you know, it's pretty detached from all the moving averages. Um, you know, you see the 200, we did see a 200 bounce on the 200 moving average. So I like that level of 180. But I think it's too extended at this point. So the upside potential and downside risk. So downside risk overweighs the upside potential for me for Apple. So I would not be getting involved in this stock or at the trade until the earnings settles and we see a guidance. Because if they give a weak guidance or a lukewarm guidance, you could see S&P 500 going down in no time. No doubt. What do you think, Sean? Yeah, I think I mean the last three 
I think at least at least the last three um, earnings reports from Apple have been quite underwhelming. Um, the numbers you've reflected that obviously in your 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 fifth point there. Um, so I think you're right. I'm going to be sitting on my hands here, and which is, I don't really trade Apple generally. Um, but I'm looking forward to the earnings report and see if they can actually spring a surprise, something like you say, like a good guidance going ahead. Um, the chart for me, again, like you say, is a bit extended. I do like the fact it's above all moving averages um, and obviously above that kind of volume profile as well. So I think that's bullish and obviously that's kind of tied in with the spiring QQQ we talked about earlier. Um, but yeah, we'll wait for the, the earnings report on Thursday. So interestingly enough, this might be one of the spots where I would take a trade ahead of earnings. And uh, I, I like Apple long-term. It's an investment, obviously, you know, obviously it drives the markets. Like you said, K spot on there. Um, and I don't trade it too often in the near term, but you know, what, what I'm hearing is a lot of negative sentiment out there and a lot of like, Hey, we're at all these crazy, you know, highs again, and if you look at the chart, we've rolled over a little bit last week. So um, that being said, this 192 level, if it holds up, right, and then we reverse course and take off above 200, I mean, if that happens on some catalyst, if there's some news that is, you know, super bullish and gets going, that's a cup and handle that's going to break, basically. And uh, the upside could be pretty large. So I think it's high risk reward because we are at these high levels. Like this is not a slam dunk A plus setup, but I bet you you could get in at fairly decent uh, option prices at the 200, 202 kind of level and uh, see see how it plays out. Um, again, high risk, so I wouldn't put a ton of capital towards that. Um, but just a thought, you know, looking at the chart, contrarian possibly. No, no, I, I, I totally understand why you are saying that. Um, so would you be like willing to get into a trade between Monday and Wednesday or do yeah. you? Okay. Yeah. Like if it holds 192 and just sitting there flat on Monday, I think that would be a very interesting. Good, good signal uh, for you. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Like if, even if it dipped a little bit recovered and got back above 192, um, it would look like, you know, a little, there's some buyers there and, Maybe get in with them and see what happens. But I mean, yeah. you can do iron condor on this one. Oh, that's very interesting. So explain that a little bit, Kay. I mean, I haven't thought about the. I just when you said you want to trade it, I'm like, you can do probably iron condor. So you basically, you know, you want the stock price to be in that range. If it goes beyond that range, because you're doing, you're playing both on the call side and the put side, right? So your iron condor. So just you want the stock to trade in that range, whatever, you know, you choose between buying, selling on the put side, buying, selling on the call side, whatever yeah. range you're putting. If your stock is within that range, that's when you make the money. But if the stock goes on either direction beyond that, then the chances of you, then you will be start to lose money. So, I mean, iron condor could be one. I mean, I'll take a look into the iron condor, see what would be a good setup for iron condor. I generally don't play that because I've always lost on iron condors. <laughs> not, so I, I'm, not, I'm not a good one on iron condor. But yeah, that, that could be one possibility if you want. Yeah, you can definitely take advantage of some uh, trading strategies with options to play like what you're saying, just a movement sideways, right? And then I don't usually uh, trade the iron condor, but what I can tell you is that you can adjust it as you go, right? So if you do get a break one way or another, you can take positions on and off within the, these option strategies and it allows you to take advantage. Too much detail to get into on you know our hour-long uh, discussion here today, but a great topic to dive into. So uh, maybe we get into that on a future, uh, future uh, podcast for sure. 
Yep. Um, different option strategies always interesting. We'll see what happens, guys. Um, what else? What else you got here on Apple? Or should we keep it rolling? Okay. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. I think the next one is Amazon. Yeah. And I'm a little bit more bullish on Amazon as opposed to Apple. And the reason is first, they are not at their all-time high. They are moving towards their March 2022 high, which is their 8% away. So that's that's a good sign. And uh, we have really seen in the recent uh, couple months, I would say, between, I think they really took off after the July of last year. And generally, the implied move is about $11 or so plus minus. So you can you can take that into account. And interestingly, unlike Apple, Amazon today has no sell rating by any analyst. So there's a very strong buy. And a lot of analysts are actually loading up on Amazon from um, from the last couple of months now. So that is a very interesting setup. I think uh, everybody pretty much is waiting for Andrew Jassy to report earnings. Uh, all eyes would be on AWS because last quarter, I think the previous quarter and the previous quarter, I think Azure overperformed or performed better than AWS. So there was a lot of uh, focus over there. We will also see if they have any AI-related news because they did mention AI in their uh, earnings report last time. So we'll see if they play that AI game uh, along with the AWS. And I think that is going to be the uh, the catalyst that could push the stock beyond, above the March 22. And then we will have those double top over there that you see, um, I think that was around the Sept- July and October. Yeah, July, October 2022. So those will be very interesting to see how, you know, if they can uh, break that and create some all-time high for this year. There's some nice targets to aim at. Yeah. Is this a trade you get in on here, Sean? Yeah, absolutely. It kind of mirrors a little bit about um, maybe not the entry point, but from the Google trade I've just played, just playing up these kind of big stocks as they're trending higher, as the spy QQQ is trending higher, just to kind of ride that wave of that stock until something really triggers in a negative fashion, of course, news or even just a big kind of indicator break, perhaps. Um, but yeah, interestingly, I just had a look at my chart and all time highs of 187, I believe. Is that right? Um, well, it must be because I'm looking at the chart. Um, 187, that's actually 17% away. So it's not a bad trade if you were trying to like play towards the all-time highs. And then obviously, if you did get a, a, you know, a good earnings report, of course, that would only accelerate um, Amazon's growth going into the following months. Um, so there's food for thought there. And of course, if it's negative, then um, obviously you'll be, you'll be triggered out. So there's a little bit of risk behind it. Um, but yeah, this is one, one that I, I like, the stuff that I like. And I just forgot to just mention one thing. Uh, the put to call is 0.59. You don't see that kind of put to call on stocks like these. Like SoFi, yes. Retail stocks, yes. But Amazon, that I kind agree. of wow. wow. Yeah, that's very interesting. Good stuff as always, Kay. Amazon, yeah, this is this has been interesting. And I feel like uh, similar to Google, like taking a backseat to Meta, Microsoft, you know, some of the other... Uh, NVIDIA, obviously, and Tesla. So, yeah, appreciate you bringing this one forward. Where else can we find you? Well, I am always daily available on X. Uh, I generally post content there as well. So earning reports and thoughts about the trades and stuff like that, you can catch there. And I do have a YouTube channel. You can, you know, you can track me over there as well. I do post videos on a regular basis. Also, we cover earnings. Uh, and I do write on Substack as well. So you can catch me there as well. Love if you, it. Um, if you guys haven't seen how you know K obviously breaks down the earnings reports, um, that they are really good. They're really easy to read and kind of you know get the information nice and easily. But yeah, go ahead and give them a follow because I, I like to look at them at least. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. K does an amazing job. 
You guys, um, we got some requests, and I was curious if either of you had any initial comments, and I'll pull up charts here on either Neo, Sean, hint, hint, uh, <laughs> Baba, uh, or Enphase. Actually, you can take a look at Neo. Yeah, and Enphase, that's another one that I know, Sean, you've covered. Do you have any initial yeah. thoughts, or are you currently trading uh, any of these names? So Enphase, I have a position in INRG, which is one of the, our stock picks for the year. So and they're one of the biggest holders of that. So technically, yes, I suppose. Um, but I'm not actively trading the stock as it is. Just because if you have a look at the chart, I mean, you'll probably you know, say in a minute, Nate, the, the daily does not look great at all. Um, and I think this is all dependent on basically not well, kind of CPI and kind of inflation rates, et cetera, and when we're going to cut. It's all basically dependent on that. Now, obviously, we do have earnings, I think, on February the 6th, I think, off the top of my head. I could be wrong. There, thereabouts. Um, so that would be interesting to see as well, because the last three or four earnings reports have been absolutely dire. So it would be nice to see some, you know, some better guidance, at least, um, from, from a company like that. And obviously, Stolar Edge, et cetera, first, solar, that kind of whole industry. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of my, my initial thoughts on Enphase. Real quick addition on Enphase, and we get to the other names here. Interesting. Um, it, I agree with you. The daily candles on the surface don't look great. They've rolled over and, and trending down back below the 50-day moving average. Um, but uh, if you do anchor, if you put an anchor view up from the last earnings, um, it has bounced off of it. So the big bounce it had in December bounced near this line. And then now we're again, settling right on that same level. So right here at 104, 105 is some support. And if it bounces again, I mean, it could run all the way to 125 before hitting a really tough volume shelf there. So I think that's interesting um, because the the downtrend is clear, right? You need to break that. Uh, but there is this anchored VWAP support below. So uh, something to watch. I would I would basically want to see 194 hold. If that broke, then you know, kind of look out below. Mm. So that's interesting. What what, would you, what should we go to next? Neo or Baba? I I Baba first. Baba, okay. Yeah. So on Baba, it's a, it's a. I mean, for me, it just looks a very ugly chart because it's been like on a down. <laughs> it's up down up down all the time that chart, it's interesting and i don't follow baba very closely so I, I really don't have much but you know the the volume was pretty low back in september i think once the volume fell in october late october it remained pretty flat around the 8 to 11 million until november and then the volume has really picked up on the stock so you see a lot more trading happening uh, so it's now up to 31 million. That's the average volume that is being traded. So that is a very interesting, unless you know what's going on, because you are probably more familiar with the Chinese market, Sean. So on, I think it was Wednesday, that volume that you saw on the Tuesday or something like that. Um, I think China pumped in some money into their markets. That's right. that. And also, I believe that one of the bigger owners, the shareholders, bought loads more shares of, of the stock as well. And I think it was about 200 million, I think, on top of my head. It could be. There, thereabouts. Probably should have brought up the article before I started talking about that. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of reaction, the kind of people buying. The kind of, I guess, it triggers people to think, oh, actually, if these guys are buying, maybe I'll take a look into this stock, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of news points that I, I, I brought up there. So do you're you, absolutely right. The volume doubled basically on that news. Mm. What were you do, you, yeah. do, you, do you guys own Baba? Like, do you trade Baba often, or do you have long-term portfolio? No. Okay. No, no, I don't personally. I, 
I do not. I just think it's a really high risk. I do like the trading opportunities because when it gets moving, it gets moving. But you can you know zoom out on that chart and look at all the way back to summer of last year in July. You know, we had a number of names start selling off through August and September in even in through October, but then they caught a bid, right? And there's just a clear channel Baba's been in, and we're mm-hmm. right at the top of that channel yet again. Um, and 75 is a pretty strong uh, volume shelf to have to break through, and it, it curled over. So I think it's probably heading back lower, and I would guess that 65 is in order before we see you know 80 or 85. But that's just following the trend, um, and it is below, again, resisting at the 50-day moving average. So a lot of uh, downside pressure, I would say, for Baba right now. Um, and then we got Neo, and I know Neo's been getting beat up and uh, <laughs> down near six. And what do you think, Sean? We got we got to get your opinion on this one. Yeah, so I, I posted a, a bit of a plug here, but I posted a slightly more in depth video on Monday, and a couple of possibilities around Neo, especially in the shorter term. Um, so go ahead and check that one out. But I think really my kind of whole thesis was kind of holding six, because if we don't hold six, I actually see four thirty. Or you know there thereabouts, which is a massive drop. It's another thirty percent drop. Um, which case I might actually play a short on that, but potentially, of course. Um, but I think obviously getting to that seven dollar level and kind of testing it, kind of breaking through there, which we did kind of try and start a move in the middle parts of the week, obviously with the Chinese news, etc. But um, all the moving averages are above. All the volume is above. It's going to be very very tricky to get above that seven dollar level, especially you know straight away. Uh, maybe a few tests at that seven dollar level, but that's kind of what I see. Um, you know, seven is the, the spot. I like it. Would you add anything, Kay? I'm just crying from my long term portfolio. <laughs> that's, that's all. Like, why did I enter in this stock? <laughs> we all have those stocks, don't we? Come on. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And the, the difference is, we just don't usually talk about it, but we make Kay talk about it here because <laughs> we keep bringing them up. Uh, you know, I will say this, Kay. There's been double bounce here, maybe a double bottom off of the you know the lows. So maybe we see some upside, um, but it has been tough going uh, for Neos. So we'll we'll see how it happens. I'm sorry for the long term portfolio pain, though. Uh, good stuff. <laughs> Um, guys, definitely great stuff this week. Um, if you missed it earlier in the in the show, check out our comments on Amazon and Exxon Mobil for sure. I know there's some comments out there from Maverick about swing trading. I think those comments will help you out. And uh, you know, okay, let's get one more in here before we wrap up. Upstart because Upstart's super interesting, and I have levels drawn. I will jump to that really quick. We had a nice push that started to look positive. Um, you know, at the basically. A, a week ago, right, and um, and then we got into last week, and it just rejected at thirty eight, thirty four, and that was the top of a, a mini gap, or yeah, mini gap that had formed back in the start of the year. So, getting that gap filled seems to have kind of proven to be uh, the the ceiling there for uh, upstart currently at that thirty eight, call it thirty level. It retested it again and then sold off. So now below another key level I've got at 33.86, the 50-day moving average is also above upstart. And real quickly, I'll draw in uh, anchor VWAP. And yeah, it's below its anchored VWAP now as well, which after it tested that and on January 10th, it sold off a bit. So I think we're going to see downside and upstart before we get upside. Uh, and probably retest 27 is uh, the level where some more support comes in. 
Um, but that being said, uh, you know, if this market gets rolling, Upstart can definitely turn around. And when it does, it turns quickly. And it's sitting right on a volume shelf here at, at about 32.50. So um, high risk, high reward, and Upstart. But you know, my guess would be we're going to see a little bit move, move a little bit lower here first. Do you guys trade Upstart? That's that's a crazy. You know, that one moves. I did a few weeks ago, and I think we spoke about it on here, and it didn't go so well. I basically got triggered out after a couple of days, which is fair enough. Um, so I kind of punched down and straight back up, that kind of uh, annoying stop out, which you've both obviously experienced. Um, but yeah, if you look at the chart, I think the only hope is the, the volume profile on the 200 moving average. Everything else is above it, and it's rejecting heavily, but you just never know. Like you say, if stop, the uh, stock market moves up, then stocks will follow. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Good call. I, we got SoFi uh, Monday. That might impact uh, some of the, you know, the movement upstart as well. We talked about that earlier in the show. So, yeah, be sure to subscribe to the Trading Triangle. Smash the like button. We appreciate the support week in and week out. I think with big earnings this week, there's some opportunity to make some money. But definitely, you know, give it a bit to, you know, time to play out and be cautious. I, see, I think opt- optimistically cautious as to how i would approach the week but uh what do you think Kay? how are you heading into the week um especially i think a lot of uh, trades that were open before especially playing out this week um so i'll be watching those i'm actually not planning to enter any trade unless something really pops up um i know somebody asked about nvidia i mean I, nvidia is not something you would want to trade uh especially when you know it's making all-time highs so it will be more of a fomo if there's a pullback uh, so yeah, mostly watching the big earnings and uh, letting my current trades uh, either play out and close out with profit loss, whatever be the case, but not entering into any trades. Uh, and of course, you know, nibbling on Tesla as uh, it uh, finds its level at 180, 160, whatever it is. Nice. And Sean, what about you? Yeah, I think just a little bit of a kind of mentality side of things. So obviously earnings is always quite exciting so people tend to get a bit excited and kind of put in money so the puts the calls obviously just kind of normal share trading as well just take a step back let the earnings happen you know kind of you know think about what happened within that earnings report for example and kind of trade off of that if you if you really must um and if you are kind of gambling if you are out there that kind of type i am that kind of type as well sometimes um just you know watch your size just protect your account because at the end of the day um, you want to keep trading in order to keep trading you to protect your account so just be careful out there and obviously enjoy it why not that's why we're here to, to enjoy the market so uh, yeah enjoy and don't it. forget to subscribe to the channel and that, that's right yeah. and the <laughs> questions coming in shout out to the dividend dog and ty we see you guys out there giving love to the channel and uh to the live stream appreciate that and the questions coming in from maverick and uh really cash cash the profit all of you guys appreciate it keep it coming we will uh, be doing this every Sunday at 2 Eastern. So continue to tune in, send us your questions, follow us on X, and uh, have yourself a great trading week ahead. Thanks, everybody. Take care. See you later.